Hey, Dominic Steele here in The Pastor's Heart, and during this Christmas week, we're bringing you one from the archives, a discussion that we, well, we had about, well, almost two years ago. It was one of our first discussions on The Pastor's Heart, and it's still been one of the most popular episodes for people looking back. It's the issue of rosters or teams in the church, and uh, Rhett Harris from EV Church on the Central Coast had given an elective that I'd attended, and he said, rosters are contrary to the gospel. And uh, that <laughs> raised my hackles. I went into bat. We had a little ding-dong in the elective. And a couple of months later, I realised he was completely right. And um, I got him on the pastor's heart and we talked about why he'd completely changed my view and the whole way we structure our church organisation. And I hope that this discussion will be as helpful for you and as profound for you now as it was for me when I first heard Rhett say it our two or so years ago. Brett, I want to say welcome along to you. It is hey, great to have you here today. Now, mate, um, we're going to talk about ministry and strategy and how to approach all those kind of things in just a moment. But before we get to that, um, the pastor's heart, what's a journey that God has taken you through that's been complex and difficult and he's walked you through it? Yeah. Well, I, I, the, the clear one that comes to mind is my eldest daughter. We have four children, but my mm -hmm. eldest daughter is now 19. But when I was at, um, at college, more college, uh, in second year, she was diagnosed as profoundly intellectually disabled. Now... Very quickly, my wife and I and the extended kind of grandparents were aware the workload here would be massive. Mm -hmm. uh, how would I do that, um, oversee that workload, make sure we as a family, nuclear family, stayed together while still holding on to, I suppose, my hopes and plans to be church planter, lead pastor, mm -hmm. rector, those sorts of things. And of course, the reality was I realised that wasn't possible. Mm -hmm. So you actually, having to wrestle with over many years, um, uh, what are those deep values I hold that are kind of disturbing me to do with my identity mm -hmm. that I have to work through, trusting God that he still has good plans for me, I'm still useful for the gospel, it can bear fruit, all those sorts of things. Mm. And I suppose over the years, you know, that obviously in the early years I did have a public ministry. Mm -hmm. I would preach and teach for about nine or so years now. I have been overseeing this ministry area. where We're at a large church now. Mm -hmm. If you came to church, you you wouldn't know that I exist. Mm. So how do you, you know, process those sorts of uh, identity and, and, and values yeah, issues? I remember you um, coming out of theological college you were working with me at the Anglican Department of Evangelism. Yep. You were the best, one of the best bright young preachers of your year. And yeah. yet you're, you're, you've hardly got a public platform. You wouldn't know I exist, that's yeah. right. So how do you process those, those changes and mm. so forth? And I, I, obviously I have many friends, uh, colleagues, um, who, yeah, they're dealing with um, anxiety, mm -hmm. burnout issues. And, but we have to ask questions about what's the nature of the external ministry in which we're working, mm -hmm. but what are the internal things, the values we're holding that maybe aren't quite right that actually cause um, problems for us. Mm. So I think they're, they're the kind of real wrestling we need to do, um, I think, because I think it does cause us a lot of trouble mm. uh, in our ministries unless we do trust God, work them through. Mm. 
I want to take you back to 18 months ago, and it was the uh, the team pastoring conference up on the Central Coast, July 2016. You were running one of the elective seminars. There's about 20 or so people in the room, and uh, uh, I was one of the people who was attending the seminar. Mm. And um, I just remember you guys sum up somehow up the front, um, somebody saying, uh, "Rosters are contrary to the gospel," and I was thinking. How can I have credibility and allow this statement to go unchallenged? And I thought, I've been doing this for long enough. I'm going to stand and say this is wrong. And we had quite a tense moment in that uh, seminar. Tell me about it from your perspective. Well, the, the context was we were talking about um, mobilising the saints mm -hmm. for ministry, right? Yep. So classic Ephesians 4 things, particularly how do we make that work mm -hmm. in practice? And we were trying to advocate the strength of ministry teams mm -hmm and or how much the, the outputs they can do at so many levels for the person individually but also for the gospel and we were then contrasting that with rosters mm -hmm. and we i was presenting with a, a an mts or an intern called dan ford i he was working with me he we literally had come up with he come up with some hyperbole mm -hmm. to literally um create a reaction to see the contrast is massive between a team and a roster. So we did say things like, for instance, they're against unity. They're part of the judgment of God. Rosters um, are part of the judgment of God <laughs> against unity. They scatter people to, to do with tasks rather than gathering them people to work with gifts according to purpose. And I, I do visibly remember you right. getting getting um, uh, upset. What was it? Oh, you were, you were, you, you were physically upset. And then, of course, verbally, you came from the floor. So much so. You had to go and rescue I, this I did. young bloke. Well, Dan was wonderful. But I, I had to step up, and so then it was you and me. I'm up the front, we were going and back toe to toe. That's right. <laughs> and uh, well, I think that what I do remember then, you said that, which is quite typical. Um, you said something like, "Might work for you blokes up on the central yeah, coast, but that, in the real world, that's right. You know, that's right. That EV must be this anomaly, and it's okay because we've got lots of time up there. But down here in Sydney, people are busy in the real world, and mm -hmm. it's not going to work. Yeah." I had said I came and back. And I do think people are busy. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and may be the case, yeah. you know. Um, although we have a lot of commuters up yeah, there, yeah, so yeah. we have to wrestle in that context too. Um, I said I, I think that one of the challenges though is you ask too little of people, not too much. Yep. And that actually, if if people if you really want to give people skin in the game, you want real people to free up time who are, are very busy. I appreciate mm -hmm. absolutely busy. Mm -hmm. Then you actually need to. Um, really get them involved via teams. And so just explain it to me first. What's the difference between a team and a roster? Yeah, well, uh, put simply, a team is the same group of people you serve with in all the time when you do a ministry. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's it's based around you're trying to achieve a certain purpose mm -hmm. or outcome. Mm -hmm. And so they they may actually, that team may function on a roster, if you like, that is that team may be on every third week mm -hmm. or two weeks on two weeks mm -hmm. off but they're it's based around uh, output a purpose mm -hmm. and so they would get together they brainstorm you know essentially they, they're driven by the why mm -hmm. what, what we're trying to do and then they would work together uh, working out the how the what debrief feedback but they, they own it and they're moving forward a roster is typically you know as someone's on, a, on the list of names or an email mm -hmm. goes out that you're to do a particular task um, I don't know, uh, the supper roster after church mm -hmm. where you bring along some biggies and cordial. I don't mm -hmm. know. Yeah. But it's, it's, the, uh, it's literally just a, a roster is normally just a task. 
you're not working with the same people usually each time and it's yes you're not actually yeah caught up driven by a purpose working with the same people who may have various gifts to yep. try and achieve an outcome Does that yep. make sense yeah 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 so let me go to one of the questions that we've got we've got a question from Steve Carlisle and uh, we'll put that up on the screen and uh, Steve has asked um, my question is for you Dominic how did Rhett help you change your mind in that situation if Roston is an optimal practice how did he migrate from that system to a different system so I remember coming home mm. being persuaded I mean it was one of those conversations where you you fight hard in the moment, and then you reflect later, and you think actually the other bloke might have been right. <laughs> Which I, I was fascinated because I must admit, from my point of view, I had no idea. No. I, thought, I, I, thought, I thought, did I persuade him at all? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, we decided to start on the place where we were most likely to get a win, mm. and uh, we thought evenings is going to be simpler than mornings. Do you know there's more stronger views in the mornings mm. about how to do things? Yeah, and so we thought. We'll start first with the band in the evening and the um, the sound desk and the pro presenter people in the evening. Then we'll move to the sound, the band and the pro presenter and the people in the morning. And then we'll tra- we'll tackle kind of supper and community and that kind of thing yeah. in the evening. And the last one to be approached, the holy grail of morning tea. <laughs> the controversial one. Yes, that's right. And so the first thing we did was... Um, uh, just to say, well, let's have a three teams on Sunday night mm. being the platform team, the um, the magnification team. So um, uh, instead of having people on rosters as musicians, yep. put them into teams. But this is the breakthrough moment. Put the, put the pro presenter person in that team. Yep. Put the sound desk person yep. in that team. And we now have, because we're videoing our church services, we have put the video operator in that in team. team. Mm. And so... It's and and now we've got the setup people t- on a three-week team as well, and the mm. the the um all the all. But we started just with the the platform team now, and then we made a rule that they had to have a debrief meeting, yeah. and there had to be a captain who organised the debrief meeting. Mm. Now that is so much better than me trying to sit there thinking about what constructive criticism needs to be made mm. and then me going why is that the case oh uh, well re- for a number of reasons yeah re- relation i mean obviously as a learning environment to learn within a team from your peers where mm-hmm. you collaborate essentially mm-hmm. uh, or you conflict well is just very powerful um so if you do it as the rector mm. uh, there's a positional thing and mm. it's just doesn't go great for relationally no, how, no, for no. them all the time. One, it creates a lot of extra work for you yeah, if you're yeah, to yeah. speak into all these things. Mm. Whereas if they own it as a team, and they, in all their things, they're collaborating. So even if someone comes up an, with an idea, they're always learning from each other. Mm-hmm. So um, one, it's a much better learning environment. You'll learn quicker. You'll get change quicker. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't have the blockage point, which is you, the leader, having to do mm-hmm. all these, all these things, and. Um, and it's not nowhere near as heavy-handed, and uh, they'll probably say pretty much what you would have said anyway. Well, that's the thing. If they have a debriefing meeting, and I mean they're going to work out that the the sound guy was late putting the volume mm. up, they're going to work out that it would have been better if the the, mm. the, the, the slide guy missed the, the slides on the coming into the chorus on mm. the second song. They're going to work those things out. They don't need me to tell them that. Yeah. yeah. Now that's in the short term, but in the long term. 
a team actually, this is going to actually will even know things better than you would oh, anyway. Absolutely, because they're specialists. Yeah, they think about that emotionally with their creative energy all the time, mm. and so whatever you could reflect on about what they could improve on in the short term sure you can contribute but in the long term that team of specialists what they'll begin to know about their area of expertise is things that you 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 can't even you don't even know what Mm. you don't know yet Mm. and that's what begins to happen as you push into teams so suppose that kind of thing started to happen when we started to get um kind of the community team Mm. and we set the goal of of trying to how on Sunday nights can we improve relationships yep. with people? And so it stopped being a roster for supper mm. and started being, here's a group of people with a captain who every three weeks are thinking about how do they make sure that we um, are, are doing community together. Yeah. And, um, and so uh, pretty quickly couches started to appear. Yeah. <laughs> and, and which... I hadn't. I mean, it had been seven years, and I'd not put couches there. Yeah. But I take it there's a ter- there's a team with the captain. Yeah, yeah. and they're has, thinking who, about yeah, that. Yeah. But they've got a purpose. Their purpose purpose is to make this community thing happen, right? Yeah. And then, but they come up with all these ideas. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's off your shoulders. Absolutely. And so here's the thing: we got to the end of the year last year, and um, I'm just scrolling through on our church little Facebook community, and a thing and comes up saying, um, uh, "Eats beasts feast nice." on the, the last Sunday night of the year before Christmas and we had roast lamb dinner. You know? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I never would have imposed yes. that as a, yes. a thing for supper. Yep. Um, and, um, and, and yet they just thought, no, we want to finish well. You know? and yeah. they but that's, that's the output of teams. Yeah. That is, you know, as they develop and grow and particularly if they're functional, what they, the kind of the output they'll do is things you would have never imagined mm-hmm. nor thought they had the capacity to do mm. months or years prior mm. now we got a question from steve reimer does Rhett use rosters in what way does he use rosters that are not contrary to the gospel <laughs> now so um hi steve and, and and this is an issue that we have been wrestling with at the moment because we've got now uh teams set up for yep. for um community for supper teams set up for the platform often people are on um and we're doing it everything on a three-week cycle yep. you know but often somebody's on a community team one week yep. and a music team the next week that yep. kind of thing and so some of our guys are wanting to stop using rosters altogether and some some of our guys are saying but i can't tell who's in who's yeah, doing what yeah. the following week and so yeah. we're just on that tension sitting on a precipice of should we keep rostering people as well as having them in the team or should we just kind of as a central organisation just completely let our hands go and let the teams do it I'm imagining you've let your hands go a long time ago a long time ago the first thing just to Steve I should say we still do I think I understand I don't (laughs) you don't know I don't know I don't know honestly we have hundreds of teams and this is the problem honestly I work I work in numerous teams we're a team of teams but if you ask me what's going on I honestly don't know it's so large and 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 but we still do have rosters I'm told yeah Right. Um, somewhere we, we and it particularly maybe in say in the kids ministry where we've got a particular need mm-hmm. we're short we may yep. do something like yep. that in the short term but the thing so obviously it's hyperbole it's against the gospel we, you know those, we were overstating for a point mm-hmm. but what tends to happen is once you move to teams what happens is it's I've all I say it's a bit of a game of um, paper scissor rock mm-hmm. right that is um, uh, scissors always beats paper in that mm-hmm. game and Ross uh, teams 
are so much better than rosters once you begin to move to teams mm -hmm. what ends up happening is those areas of church that are running rosters um, actually start to lose if I could put it like this that is people get drawn out of rosters into, into teams, teams because right. they want to be part of a team right. because then it also becomes a maturing vehicle. Mm -hmm. That is, they're, they're relationally growing, they, they enjoy the connection, mm -hmm. uh, all these sorts of things. And so actually it becomes harder and harder to actually continue to run a roster. Because why would you do, join a roster when you could be part of a team? Mm -hmm. And that's really clear in a sense on the platform stuff. Where else are you running teams? I mean, platform community, the Sunday kind of things. Yeah. Tell us about teams outside. I'm like, and, and kids. Um, we run teams everywhere. Yeah, but tell, take me outside Sunday. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, um, obviously the, the youth department mm -hmm. is all, all the team. Our children's ministry is a team. The, uh, we might still have some rosters on. It's one-offs. So there's a couple of qualifications on the rosters. Mm -hmm. I think where you do have one-offs, mm -hmm. like you kind of said with Pep. So, so a lawnmower. Mm -hmm. roster for instance mm -hmm. or an MC there's a couple of things you can do there though you can still get them say the lawnmowers or the MCs to get together once a, a term and reflect on how they could make the grounds work better or the right, MC okay, better yep. function as a team or you did just like you did you join them uh, into a larger team in which they yeah. sit yeah. so then so, the debate is between whether you're part of a, a more a larger generalist team, mm -hmm. so like a youth ministry team mm -hmm. that runs the night and does all the different aspects, or you head more down the spectrum of a more specialist team that does, say, um, you know, as you say, just a band, for mm -hmm. instance. That that's what they do particularly, mm -hmm. just that particular role. And so you've got to wrestle with in leadership how how do you form up your teams? Right now, Sylvanus Themes uh, asked a question. Uh, he's asked, how do you balance building team consistency, loyalty, and stability with urgent needs in other places. Um, yeah. You've got to pull somebody out of a team because there's an urgent need for them to serve in a different place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you're quite right, is attention. It's, mm -hmm. it's not simple. And so we, we do actually have a bit of a complex re recruiting policy because uh, you do have to give some protection mm -hmm. for people where some ministries are more vulnerable mm -hmm. in a certain, for a particular number of reasons, the time, the leadership, where they're at in the churches, mm -hmm. in the health of the church, versus some teams that might be particularly strong mm -hmm. that can, if you like, draw people across mm -hmm. to them. And so we we manage that through our ministry teams, essentially, that, that do that. And even that gets managed at a high level, all the way up to the executive team which mm -hmm. actually does have to look at resourcing mm -hmm. and so we are always watching that uh, and in fact I have a ministry teams that are watching that in each of our congregations that very issue all the time and and I guess that one team over here is not accidentally treading on another team over there's toes yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so in our system you, you we talk about ministries but you can't act um, actually recruit someone into your team from another team Right. See. So it actually goes, when someone was to join a team, it does have to go through a higher level leadership discussion. Right. Um, because you can't essentially be poaching people. Right. So poaching is a real issue. Now, you're in a large church. Yeah. Um, let's go right back down to a church of. We've got a question from uh, Lenny Jo McMillan, and she's saying, Does this work for a small church of, say, 40 adults and yeah. 30 kids? It just seems beyond. I'm just looking at her question. It just seems beyond our capacity at the moment. Yeah, it's, it absolutely works, but you just got to remember it's, you start small. Mm -hmm. So, 
Um, help, help me think. What would I do? Well, a team, people? to make a team of... Um, uh, to, first thing, a team is just two people. Mm-hmm. Right? I think two people makes you a team. Yep. And two will just run better just having two. But let's say you've got 40... Well, here you go. A live illustration for me mm-hmm. was I was in charge of the night congregation. Yep. I've got 30 people mm-hmm. that are our core members. They're running that night congregation that's now um, struggling. Yep. They also run the youth ministry, about 120, and they're running the kids ministry. But our capacity, we're under capacity of what we've got to do. Yep. So what do we do? Well, we what we did was we created a three-a-week a three cycle, A mm-hmm. cycle, B cycle, C cycle, we divided people up into the key teams we needed to run and essentially put people into two teams. So they'd have a week on in mm-hmm. this team, a week on in this team, and then a week off. Yep. Or, and that was essentially uh, the cycle. So mm-hmm. you're, on, you're in serving every two weeks and you've got a third week off. But literally, you had to break... It's, it literally is a strategic plan. Mm. What have we got to get covered? How can we, how can we cover it? And you've got to prioritise, as mm. you say. You may be forced to run some things as a roster just to keep them bare bones. But if you can form up a team in some area, mm. you'll be better for it. I think that's how we're playing it at the moment. That 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 two weeks on, um, somebody might be on welcoming one week. Yeah. They, they might be on um, bass guitar or somehow in the music team the next yeah. week. And then we're trying to give them the week off as the third week. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the essence is, I mean, I know church plants. They start with exactly that same yeah. number, and it, they're just running with volunteers. Mm. But they'll run in teams. Teams of two, mm-hmm. but it is you've got to ask the question: Yes, what are the key purposes you need to get done? Mm. Um, I've got a question here about um, ministry teams. This is from Jessica Brower, and uh, she's asked uh, how how have you Rhett, seen ministry teams work well for the purpose of mission? Yeah, ministry teams work uh, well. They bear fruit mm-hmm. everywhere. It doesn't really matter what area, mm-hmm. kids, youth, or, or a mission, or magnification, or wherever. Um, uh, so, the so, so think about say you you run a big carols thing. How, yep. do, how do ministry teams come together to make the the big carolsy type stuff? Work? Okay, yes. Well, uh, this is an area in which I'm actually not an expert. Okay. Okay. Right. So yeah. what you've got there is you've got our two big departments. So, so just if you're watching from EV Church, yeah. Rhett doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> There's going to be people who will qualify. Yeah. You know. But what I understand is essentially that Carol's event sits under the mission department. Yeah. And they would, um, but does link in with our membership department with connecting those people as they yeah. come in. And I presume the magnification department, they've got to look after the platform as well. That's, yeah. Well, that's right. So you've got, uh, that's right. So mission are concerned with how the event goes, magnification running the platform, and membership are concerned with particularly the whole connection. Mm. And so you're right, they would. Uh, they would sit down with heads and then their teams would cover certain aspects. Actually, l- let me give that. you I mean, one from us, if we're, if we're just thinking about um, uh, whether or not it's the um, uh, a movie night for kids yep. or if it's a um, the, the barbecue show at the end of a three-day kids club that you do for parents mm. to come to. Well, in the past we used to give the kids pastor the job of running the whole program. Yep. It was it was his job to run the um, mm. the movie night and his job to run the three-day kids program. And so he then had to look for volunteer yep. people from church to come both and do the barbecue at the end of the yep. thing and talk to the... Be, be kind of on duty to talk to the guests yes. who were coming. Whereas if we're actually able to say, 
to our membership team who actually think all the time about how yes. to make people welcome at church. Can you come and do your membership yep. thing? And we just ask one of the membership teams to come exactly. and do their membership thing at the barbecue or one of the morning church membership teams to come and do their, their membership thing at the movie night. You mm. know, Then we've got kids all watching the movie up the front yep. and then parents kind of having cheese yep. and wine and whatever, talking, relaxing at the back. And that's exactly what happens. So once you move to teams, you and your teams are normally formed up around the normally weekend services, say, mm-hmm. but then because they become special teams that mm-hmm. know exactly what to do, as you just said, membership, when you run more of a one-off event... They you know don't, how to do it better than... Why would you go yeah. and try and create another one-off team to do this thing of mm. all those people who don't know what they're doing? No, mm. no. You lean upon or you, you draw in those teams that run our, those events normally mm. and get them to do it. And what happens, of course, is a much better event because the specialist team comes in and it's actually pretty light-lifting for them because they do it all the time. They're mm. so used to doing it. Mm. Mm. I've got a question here about um, uh, from Mark Lewis. And it's, um, oh, no, actually, we'll go to Luther's question first. Um, Luther Simons has has asked, um, does EV use a skills gifts questionnaire form? How do you uncover opportunities Hmm. uh, as you get to know congregation members, discovering the gifts and passions as well as the needs that you see? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Luther, yes, both things have to be held together. Mm -hmm. So needs and gifts. Mm -hmm. So the form we use, there is an interview process that happens with people as they come into church life mm-hmm. they kind of do a membership course um we call it startup then they uh join startup yeah yeah okay so you that's not the one with 170 people in at the moment no that's that's our life course that's our, our kind of our christian explained course right so this just freaked me out a couple of minutes ago um you said you've got 170 people 170 doing the, yeah. um how Light to come life. to christ course that's, that's right. great news it's fantastic news yeah yeah, yeah, lots of great things going on, but there's mission. How's it run? Yeah, three mission, teams. Yeah. Tell, Two, tell, tell me how it's run. Yeah. Oh well, there's t- there's a team of table talkers who are going to be ready there to kind of make sure their table works well. Mm-hmm. There's obviously someone who's overseeing the whole setup. Mm-hmm. There's teams that oversee the setup of the night. There's teams that oversee the food for the night. There's a production team. So all of those different teams that are running mm-hmm. essentially that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you run a big, we have a summer fest mission that runs for a week, there's teams that do that. Mm-hmm. So teams are everywhere that, that come together um, to bring these things off. But if you come back to Luther's kind of question, mm-hmm. you've got, um, yes, we have needs, mm-hmm. and so, but you're also asking questions of gifting, which happens through kind of a, well, they fill in the form, which they get to kind of have a sense of what their so, experience in gifting is, and then a conversation. Some, so how do they get these forms? Oh, well, there's a... One of your ministry people? Yes, so there's teams under me Mm -hmm. and in each of our congregations and they're they're the people who go and have give those forms out to the people as they're joining church at a certain point and then have those conversations with people and then go away with that information and balance gifting and Mm -hmm. the needs of church to try and place a person and then go back to the person. Are they happy with that? There's a bit of to and fro, of course. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, we don't just try and put a we're pegging a round hole it's not like that so it's it's relational it's it's a com- it's conversations that's then see a person placed in there and even a sense get a sense of how they're going and of course their team leaders would be informed about you know you've got 
the person joining you and then they would bring them on board well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, Rhett, thanks very much for coming in. Been a, been a real privilege. Rhett Harris has been my guest on The Pastor's Heart. And uh, look, next week, I hope you can join us at the same time, uh, 2 o'clock on Tuesday afternoon. If you go to our Facebook page, you'll be able to ask questions in advance. Uh, and that's really helpful. Uh, and, uh, and so I hope you'll join us next week on The Pastor's Heart. Hey, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we would love it if you could hop over to the Apple Podcasts app and give us a rating and review. That helps us in the rankings and lets other people discover the pastor's heart. And again, if you are able to help us out by being a financial partner, go to our Patreon link, patreon.com slash the pastor's heart.